This podcast is for information only and should not be considered legal advice. There is no representation that the legal services to be performed by LOCA are better than the services of other attorneys. There is no guarantee of the outcome. Success is rendered on a case-by-case basis. Hi, I'm Tim Markley from K. Altman Law, and you are listening to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. At K. Altman Law, we talk to hundreds of people who discovered that what they thought was not a big deal is a life-altering event. Students who thought they could work it out with their schools are often expelled, suspended, or placed on probation. This podcast series discusses those issues, tells you where to find help, and explains how the system works. This episode, I'll be flying solo with no guest, and we'll be talking about social media and how that can get you into trouble. We're going to spend most of our time talking about the K-12 world because that's where most of these problems seem to originate. So we'll talk about what is social media, how do K-12 students use social media, and what are the risks associated with social media for K-12 students. So let's start by defining social media. It's a digital technology that facilitates the sharing of text and multimedia through virtual networks and communities. Social media platforms allow users to create and share content and to interact with each other in a variety of ways. It has really become an essential part of our lives. We stay in touch with friends, families, learn about the world, and we learn to express ourselves. Social media can be a great way to connect with others, but it's important to use it safely and responsibly. And this is where K-12 students get into trouble. We use it to, like we said, stay in touch. We use it to learn about the world. We can follow news organizations, experts, download recipes, share interests, and oftentimes create stuff and express ourselves. So in the early days, back when I was a teacher and a principal, AOL Messenger and MySpace were probably the two most popular kinds of social media we had. You had to use a computer to access both of these. You didn't access social media on your phone. It just simply did not exist. And you might have a few other sharing apps like Napster where you could share music files. But that's all changed. Now it's user-generated content. It's no longer the company providing content that you're sharing with someone else. You're creating the content. It's much more engaging often. It's interactive and gives the user a whole lot more control. It's also much more personalized. Social media platforms provide means for you to create content that's relevant to you. They're also feeding you content that's relevant to you. If you're looking for something on YouTube, they're going to suggest similar videos. So this has made these social media platforms a whole lot more valuable to users and also to business. But the big change and the piece that drives a lot of what's happening now is that social media is mobile. It has become much more mobile friendly. You can use it across smartphones, tablets. It's much more accessible to users, and it's made it much more important to everybody's daily life. For students, this is even more so. Our students today don't know what life is like without a cell phone, especially a cell phone that's connected to to the internet. So for students, texting is often their primary means of communication. They're much more likely to text someone than to call someone. They're much more likely to text someone than have a conversation with someone. And this creates the potential for a lot of problems. So social media can get a student into trouble in a number of ways. One is cyberbullying. 
That's when we use electronic communications to bully a person, typically by sending a message, intimidating, by threatening someone. And it can be just as harmful as traditional bullying and have a serious impact on that potential victim's mental health. We also can cyber bully someone by excluding them. So I've got my social network and I'm not going to let you in or you, you were in my social network and I kicked you out. We're also starting to see social media as a tool of harassment where we're intimidating someone, we're threatening someone. And this can be by posting messages, by negative videos, uh, a number of different ways we're starting to see that. We're also starting to see that social media is causing disruptions in schools. And you got to remember, schools have the right to discipline students for behavior, regardless of whether it happens on campus or off campus, if it impacts the school. This disruption we're seeing is causing kids to be expelled and suspended. We're also starting to see students spreading a lot of inappropriate content. They're taking pictures of their friends and they may be doing something stupid and they share that picture. It's wrong. We're seeing students who are sharing pictures of them maybe holding a gun in their hand and they're getting into trouble for that. We're also seeing when students get into trouble, they may send a message to a group of friends. I hate this kid. I'm going to beat him up when I come back to school. Well, that group of friends sees that message. They show it to the kid who was mentioned and all of a sudden he feels threatened and goes to the school. So now this has become a school issue and this is a, becomes a disruption. So as a parent and as a school person, you need to know what some of these popular social media apps, probably the one everyone knows the most about right now is TikTok. It is a video sharing app, allows the user to create and share short videos. It is immensely popular among school-age children because it's fun, it's easy, and they get to express themselves creatively. However, TikTok has also been heavily criticized for its potential to be addictive and for its role in the spread of misinformation. An, an example of this are these TikTok challenges. And one of the most infamous ones was the Tide Pod challenge, which involved eating Tide Pods. And a lot of folks saw this challenge, wanted to copy this challenge, and it led to them being sick and poisoned. So you have to be very careful about what you're doing with, with this app and others. One that causes schools a lot of headaches is Snapchat. Snapchat is a meshing app that allows users to send photos, videos that disappear after a set amount of time. It is very popular among not only school-aged children, but college kids as well, because it's fun, it's discreet, and as I said, those messages disappear. But it's also been criticized for its potential to be used in cyberbullying and spreading misinformation so that I can bully you and then the message will disappear and it becomes difficult to prove that cyberbullying. Now, Snapchat is not infallible and it is possible still in some ways to save messages with it. Another one is Instagram. Instagram is a photo sharing app that allows users to share photos and videos. It's very popular among school children because they're visual, they tend to be visual learners. So they see videos, they see pictures and they disseminate and share those with all of their friends. Now, one of the concerns with Instagram, again, is cyberbullying. You can post negative comments about someone, they get shared and reshared, and it causes that disruption in school again. Facebook. Facebook's been around for a long time. 
It's very popular with adults, not as popular with, with younger folks. They tend to use Instagram and Snapchat much more so than, than Facebook, but it's still a large social media platform that students and kids use. Now, YouTube, it's a video sharing app where videos are created, they're uploaded to YouTube, and they're shared among friends and disseminated beyond that. Or you may go out and find a YouTube video that you like and share it with someone else. And some of these videos, not appropriate for kids. There's explicit material, there's uh, language issues. Sometimes kids will create videos where they're putting text over, over music that is simply inappropriate. Another one you may not know as well is called Boxer. It's a push to talk app that allows you to quickly send and receive short voice messages. You can chat with multiple people simultaneously. You press a play button and they hear that recorded message. Uh, it's mostly an adult-based app now, but we're starting to see more and more of it as a student app. It's gone down to the colleges and is gaining popularity among teenagers. And what you're seeing is we're seeing a lot of malicious individuals who send obscene or, or nasty messages. Uh, so that's one to be aware of. And one that's not a social media app per se, but can also be a problem is something called AirDrop. It's a feature of Apple on their Apple phones. And what it does is it lets you wirelessly share photos with nearby devices using either Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. So you walk into a room, you hit AirDrop, and a photo goes to everyone in that room who has AirDrop on their phone. And we're seeing this at colleges right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing this at the K-12 level as well fairly soon. So those are some of the apps out there. It is not a comprehensive list. This list changes all the time. So you need to watch it and stay in tune with it. You also need to watch out for something called Vault apps. Vault apps are used to hide contents on phones and tablets. So what a kid will do is they'll take one of these Vault apps and it looks like something harmless, a fake calculator. And so if you're looking through your kid's phone, you see the calculator and you move on. But what really happens is that's a hiding icon for the real app behind it. Kids are using this to sort of hide stuff from their parents. Now, from a school administrator perspective, there are real dangers with social media. Schools have social media accounts. They publicize the good things going on in their schools. They talk about alerts and things like that. So it has a, it's a valuable tool for schools, but there is a dark side to this and, and what's happening in schools. And we've talked about a couple of these already. Cyberbullying is a big problem with social media in schools and principals and, and folks are dealing with that explicit messages or explicit photos being shared. And you have to be careful with this because if you're sharing explicit photos, and what we see is a girl and a guy date and they've taken explicit pictures of each other and they break up and then somebody decides to share that picture to embarrass them. Well, you may have actually broken the law and you need to be aware of that. Online predators, which still a major concern. Disinformation, a lot of false information like these TikTok challenges that can be dangerous are spreading. So a kid sees it, they think it's cool, they don't check it, they send it on to their friend. And that can cause problems. And then the passing of threats. Like I said, you can be off campus 
we had a student who got suspended. He was mad about the suspension. He goes home, gets his phone. He texts a couple of his friends. I don't like this. I don't like this person. I'm going to beat them up. Well, they shared that with school officials because it was a fairly large group. And that becomes a threat that the school now has to deal with. And there can be all kinds of consequences if you're doing this kind of behavior. Academic. Students who misuse social media, they're at risk to get failing grades because they're out of school. They may get detention. They may get suspension. You may be excluded. There may be social consequences where you're no longer allowed to participate in certain groups. You may be have your technology access restricted at school. Um, so there are those things. And then there's potential legal consequences. Students who misuse social media at school may be at risk of legal consequences. And we have dealt with a number of students who said, well, I didn't send this to school. I sent it to my friend. It doesn't matter. If you're doing something with your friend and it gets back to the school and causes a disruption at the school, you're potentially liable for legal consequences. There's a lot of mental health consequences that go with this as well. When we see the cyberbullying, we see the harassment. It causes anxiety, depression. And we've even seen across the country potential suicide from the use of social media bullying. And schools have a responsibility to deal with this. They have an obligation in almost every state to create safe and supportive environments. They have to have clear policies on cyberbullying that communicate what the consequences are, explains what cyberbullying is. Schools should provide training to the staff. They should know how to identify this. Schools should encourage and report cyberbullying. They should be able, they should teach students what cyberbullying is and, and what the consequences. They should also take appropriate action to address cyberbullying. This includes talking to students, providing counseling, and unfortunately it can lead to expulsions or even a legal charge. And we've seen this where a student may post a picture of him with a gun and that gets back to the school. Well, that student's not supposed to have a gun. In most states, he's underage, he is not allowed, and that's gonna be potential consequences not only on the school side, but on the law side as well. And here's a couple of states and their examples of what their laws are related to cyberbullying. California's law, known as the Safe Place to Learn Act, defines cyberbullying as taking place over electronic devices or through communications, and it requires schools to have a policy in place to address that. In Texas, their law is known as the Safe Schools for All Act. And again, it defines bullying as taking place over electronic devices or through electronic means. And the law requires schools to have a policy in place to address that. And there are similar laws everywhere. So make sure you check with your school, your district, or your state to find out what the laws are and how they apply to you. It's important for parents and teachers to be aware of the dangers of social media and take steps to protect students. As we said, there are legal consequences related to social media. Text conversations between students can be considered disruptive to the school. And especially if that involves a threat to the person, a threat to the school, even if you don't mean it, if you put it on social media, the school is going to take action with it. You think about when, or when your parents were kids, they might get mad and say something to a friend that I hate that person. Well, that conversation's done. Nobody will ever hear it again. But when you say it in social media, 
It's recorded. That data is stored somewhere, and there's a strong potential that that conversation is going to come back to haunt you, maybe not that day, maybe not next week, but a month later or two months later. You're dating someone, and you're taking pictures of each other that you think are fun, but maybe embarrassing. Well, you broke up with that person, and all of a sudden, they're sharing those photos with all of their friends to get back at you, and those get circulated around. We're seeing a lot of kids posting pictures with, with guns and making um, inappropriate comments with those guns in their hands. That's a potential threat to the school. It's going to have legal consequences, and you need to be aware of that. You have to be smart about what you're doing. And I know for 10, 12, 14-year-old kids, that doesn't always happen. So be careful. But let me wrap up by, by saying this. First, thanks for listening. And I'm sure this will not be the last time we discuss how social media can get you into trouble. But if you are accused of violating school rules related to social media or some other offense at schools, you may need to reach out to an attorney for legal advice. Because like I said, there are consequences that are, can lead to expulsion or lead to potential legal action. The school, the university, they've got complex rules. They've got policies and procedures, often with very strict timelines that you have to follow. They've got a legal staff to advise them. And you should have that kind of help as well. You need an experienced person to get you through these results. So trust a firm such as K. Altman Law to guide you through this legal minefield and get the results that you want. So I want to thank you for listening to the Legally Blind Justice podcast. If you have a legal question, call us at 1-248-450-0073 or check us out on the web at kaltmanlaw.com.